Hi, listener. This will be about today. Five key tips for spiritual life. I suppose there's life, because all life is spiritual life, right? <laughs> but, um, well, I'll get on with it, I guess. So, the first is let go of attachment. So, the Buddhists talk about this. There's plenty of people who have talked about this, to be honest, but it's really quite important. In fact, its importance can be understated because you're really like, yeah, 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 don't be attached. Okay, I get it. But you might, and you might be focused on letting go of like your earthly attachments, like alcohol and stuff. In fact, you can cut off all of those attachments. You can live like a monk and just be constantly about spirituality all the time, constantly thinking about spirituality. And you might be attached to be the idea of being present or attached to some outcome that you accomplish spiritually. And so you're trying, you're seeking, you're pursuing that. And, and it can be sneaky as well with the ego because we, what it can do is it can be like, you convince yourself that you're not attached to an outcome when you are. For example, it might be something like, you might see presence as the outcome of inner work and see that inner work as not a journey, but an unraveling of the negativity the barriers that you create for, for yourself um, and the, the negative self-beliefs that you have and the illusion that you're under and trying to take away the illusion, break it down. Um, but you'll be gradually picking away at that illusion. You might get some kind of headway, whatever that means, but you might feel that you're not really getting anywhere. And why is that? Because you're turning your, the idea of even not being on a journey and dealing with what's, how you're getting in your own way as a journey. <laughs> so that, that's actually something I was doing, but I might not be the only one doing that. So. Yeah, you've got to be careful with this idea of any attachment to this idea of awakening or being present will actually get in the way of that. But well, what if you're suffering in life, right? Uh, what if there's difficulties and you just feel like, well, if I was present, I wouldn't care about these things. But you're not present because you care about those things. If you're trying to get present so you get relief from it, it's all well and good, but that's why you're not present. <laughs> so when you can live with the suffering or live with the pain mentally or physically and accept it to the point where you, you're, you're okay with living with it, 
then that will you might get a headway then you might just awaken there or become present then i've certainly that was a there's a story of a buddhist tales that i read very recently um i think it was opening your heart by ajahn braham or something something like that and it was um one of the stories in it was basically how he was at this awful toothache right and he used all these different spiritual techniques and none of it was working and it was agony and and then he accepted the idea of being in that pain forever for the rest of his life and was in bliss for hours like absolute bliss like beyond any sexual pleasure <laughs> Not that it happened because he was a monk, so he hadn't ever had some time for that. But um, yeah, uh, anyway, that's the first one. Let go of attachment. And I can't pretend to be some wise sage who's let go of all attachment. I, I'm, but I've learned things even recently. So I'm, I'm, no, this is as I see it currently. These are some five key things. Now, the second thing is. Know your resistance and subconscious. Now, this has been described by others as inner work, shadow work, and other things. And this know your resistance idea is actually Till Swan's idea, uh, the YouTuber Till Swan. So I really think she has some interesting ideas or good, good insights about this. So... You might be aware of the idea that you've got a conscious and an unconscious, right? And that if you look, explore your subconscious and understand what's going on beneath the surface better and integrate it into your conscious, which is basically become aware of it, shine the light of conscious awareness on that which is unaware. Expand what you're conscious and aware of regarding yourself. Because then then you well essentially you um you understand how you're getting your own way basically how you're holding yourself back how you're resisting your own experience now the thing is with i think taoism gets into this and also people who delve into psychedelics experiences in some way this idea that the more you resist, the more you suffer in a moment-to-moment -moment visceral way. Like, if you're on psychedelics, it's not like, there's no delay. Like, the instant you have resistance is the instant, oh God, I'm getting 12, 12 there, that's pretty interesting, Christy. is the instant you're suffering. And it's like, and the instant you relax, the instant it eases up. And that's just an example of the resistance in like a yin-yang sort of, Taoist way is like it's almost like the further you go from okay, there's chaos and order in a swirling pattern around each other, right? And there's this path between them that's like meandering like a river. And the further you go away from that path, the more resistant it is, right? the more harder it is to walk over the terrain because it's not a path. It's just like this rugged terrain that is not suitable for traversing so well. 
So of course you have a difficult time to get over it. You might be too much in order or too much in chaos, essentially. Uh, overly structured or, or, or maybe not lacking discipline or something, that's an example. And in the middle of the path, the middle path, um, I think that's a reference for other things. I mean, there's even the central pillar of the uh, Jewish Kabbalah, as opposed to the left, the right path. That's the right pillars. And that also links to, in the occult, the idea of the left-hand path and the right-hand path. And then there's the middle path, which is actually the right-hand path. Um, anyway, <laughs> getting into to, to details anyway. Uh, but the point is, the point is, right, so in your subconscious, there's stuff that you may not be aware of, but you probably aren't aware of it, that is why you keep undermining, undermining yourself. Why you feel like you're self-destructive and you don't know why. Why do I keep getting the urge to do these things to keep undermining me? Whatever, right? Because this stuff that's unresolved, there's parts of you that don't like you. Um, that, well, you know, insecurity is a good example of that, but there's also, there might be reasons why you want to suffer in some way or why one kind of suffering might be a, or one kind of coping mechanism might be a, a well, a coping mechanism to deal with something else. You might suffer one kind of suffering to avoid another kind of suffering. For example, that, there might be all sorts of things going on. And really, you've got to feel that out. Follow your feelings like a compass as you explore the depths of your psyche, your unconscious, your shadow, all the same thing. Because imagine it's like, okay, in tarot, um, the water, whether it's a river or the sea, it tends to symbolize um, the unconscious, or at least beneath the surface, it's the unconscious, right? And, and it's the same in... Um, in Norse runes, there's a rune called Lagus. I think I'm not pronouncing it wrong, but it basically means lagoon or like a body of water, basically. It could be a lagoonic, lagoon is not the right word. That's what I'm thinking, Lagus. Like, like a, a body of water, whether it's like an ocean or a lake or something. But what it really means is the depth of your psyche and exploring that. And there's this depth to you. And intuition is tapping into that, right? But if it's frozen over, if you're not looking down there, it's like strange creatures come up and you're like, whoa, what the hell? That's scary. <laughs> um, but it's partly scary because it's unfamiliar, right? And only seems strange because it's unfamiliar. Um, or it might be <laughs> really symbolically, it might be mutated by, it might be your inner child might take a form that looks monstrous because it's wounded. You know, that's an example. So yeah, like dive into that and your feelings network are like a, 
accomplice because as for what your coping mechanisms are, your negative beliefs, your what negative thoughts you have or anything else beneath the surface that is causing resistance, right? Or causing you to, and, and your resistance internally will bring about actions that seem to be counter to what you want because maybe you want to do a certain thing like you want to get some work done right but you also don't want to do it at the same time like part of you wants to do it part of you because they're like oh, i really got to do it I, I don't really want to you know if i fail this exam it's really bad right or how i won't get this degree and then well, i won't be able to get a job whatever right and you're like, oh, I've got to do this work, right? And so you really want it, but you also really don't because you actually find it boring as hell and it doesn't enlighten your spirit at all. And you'd much rather be doing something else. And your mind keeps going to things like, oh, there was a TV show. I wanna watch that. I wonder what the next episode's about. That'll be interesting. And like, uh, my friend said this about me the other day. I'm like, I wonder if they mean really that's something else. Like, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> and like there's all these things that like it's like oh wow yeah I'd really be interested like what's in the news I'll check the news <laughs> I don't know like there's or all, all, all anything it could be like I'll, I'll do some washing up you know <laughs> whatever right there's that is really because there's stuff going on beneath the surface that's resist that's causing resistance and yeah why not explore that as for, or more in that matter, there's journal. Journaling is a great way to, to assist you with exploring your subconscious and your resistance. Um, a very notable example of this is actually Carl Jung's Red Book. Now, Carl Jung was a psychologist, a depth psychologist, or whatever. He was a psychologist, a well-known psychologist. About as well known as Freud, to be honest. Just as influential, if not more so, is actually it, Freud. He was actually um, a student of Freud's, actually, but Freud fell out with him because uh, he went in a different direction. Um, but so he looked at the archetypes in myths and sort of the mind in different cultures different myths yeah he looked at stories and all these things and how the, the common themes keep coming up right and okay, digress. i could digress about you to be honest but really what he he even explored the, the idea of doing shadow work and stuff and like understanding what's going on with your service in your own mind but one of the ways he did this is that he he did something called active imagination where he, well, consciously, proactively, or actively imagined things. And as he was imagining things, things slipped in, or what ended up, because it's kind of an intuitive practice, just imagining things, right? And you don't always know what you're going to get when you imagine stuff. Because it's like, you get this, when the ball's rolling, it's just like you have these aha things and this comes in and that comes in. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
Okay, so you're doing active imagination. It's a bit like a dream, but it's conscious, but it's not a trance either. It, it, you just imagine stuff, right? Proactively. And and you write down the sim you write down what you experience, and then you look at it with symbolism. And you will be surprised how much symbolism there is in what you imagine. Um, and then you I guess you kind of analyze the symbolism of your own imagination. And it's very similar to dream diaries, which I think he probably did that as well. You could have a journal where you do a dream combination of dream, writing down your dreams. And I should really do that, to be honest. And um, also, you know, just writing down the results of your active imagination or anything else that, any thoughts that come to mind, any feelings. Okay, so another thing is obviously exploring your feelings, sitting with your feelings, because there's any situation, feelings come up and you're like, you get this temptation to do something about that so you feel better. Like, a, hmm, I don't feel this, I'm feeling a bit, not as awake as I'd like to. Oh, have some coffee. So, um, yeah. Um, I mean, it could be that. It could be a lot of things. But if you sit with your feeling instead, write it down, just describe it. You might feel like you can write down more. And it's like, oh yeah, I also kind of feel this or this comes to mind. This is kind of called automatic writing. And what you do is you start write, writing down how you feel or think, what your thoughts come up or whatever, what insights you get about yourself. And then you just keep going. And don't think about it, just keep going as much as you can. And then you've got a whole bunch of more, more content you can analyze. This is the thing. I mean, it's it's great, actually. You don't, you don't even need to analyze. You don't need to analyze the symbolism. You can just write it out and you're getting it onto paper and or typing it out, whatever. You can even record it verbally. You can just talk into it. In a way, what I'm doing here is kind of like journaling in a sense. It's just for the benefit of others, not just myself. Uh, and that's the best way to do it, I guess. Um, the idea of giving and receiving simultaneously is quite, it's what service to others is really about. It's not a sacrifice. I mean, I enjoyed it. So it's not like, oh God, I hate this so much, but I must do it for the greater good. Imagine <laughs> that. Oh, right. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, um, I'll talk about that one in um, number five. You know, being too serious about things. Um, yeah, and if you can analyze that as well, that's an even bigger perk. And if all that can be your journaling, where you're basically writing a book or journal about yourself and the symbolism involved in your experiences, whether it's dreams, whatever, you know, and what Carl Jung did is he, he did this, I mean, when he was in India, he might have even taken psych psychedelic or two, or I don't know, um, but as well, but he went all the world explored, he went on journey, like literally, traveling around the desert or something, traveling to different places in the world to understand their different cultures and, and their, their different myths, their different 
archetypes and all of these things. And in doing so, he probably learned a lot from the whole experience. And from looking up, talking to these people, ask, you know, seeing different ways of life. And afterwards, all of this came together into the Red Book. And the Red Book became the basis of his theories, right? He even had some mystical experiences as a result of it. But some people like to dismiss as, oh, he was kind of crazy, <laughs> which is, uh, they're free to do that, I guess, if they really want to be closed off to new ideas. But, okay, so four, I'm definitely going on longer than I planned, but that's just like me, isn't it? Uh, four is meditation. So you don't want to force yourself to do it necessarily. It, there's this kind of a balance where you want to get a good, you might want to develop a good uh, habit. You don't want to force yourself. You might want to take small steps to doing something a little bit more. Uh, but you don't want to just be like, nah, I'm not going to bother. I'm, I'm just, I've got things I prefer doing. You, you might put it off in such a way where you're actually, it's your resistance, which is getting in the way. And resistance is a doing of itself in a way. And not doing, that's a doing. You don't want to force yourself, but you don't want to force yourself not to. And here's the whole Taoist thing as well, the yin-yang thing. Like Forcing yourself not to is kind of like a, almost like a more chaos one. Yin and Yang, I can't remember which one's masculine and feminine, but one of yeah, one of them's and one of them might be too disenforcing yourself too much. You know, either way, it's actually harder going as opposed to the going along the river or the road, where it's actually a lot easier to traverse. And that's life. Um hmm. actually, you know. I did a bad trip once um, out of my two that I've actually had. Um, and what happened is when I was trying too hard to take steps to alleviate my fear, it actually made it worse. And when I was kind of trying to ignore it too much and brush it on the carpet too much, it also made it worse. And there was this sense of balance that I found. And symbolically, it felt kind of green. Um, um, there was a sort of link, almost synesthesia sort of link between color and emotion uh, in that experience. It was quite interesting. Tangent, I know, but yeah. Yeah, the whole thing about, okay, meditation, meditation. Don't force yourself, all that, but think here's a healthy approach that I, I've come to recently. And it's it, treat meditation like a, a child exploring something new. Like, okay, so a child is just exploring, I know, you know, there are a bunch of children playing around with, in a maze or a, um, amusement park or just like um 
in a yard picking up sticks and you know like do okay just exploring an environment a child from an environment you remember you must remember what it was like that sense of excitement of you didn't you didn't have a plan didn't know what you're going to do you're just like oh well, what happens if i do this right so yeah why don't you check out a whole bunch of guided meditations or meditative techniques with a sense of fun. Not, I should do this because it's important for my spirituality. If I don't, it's really bad. And I need to make sure, I mean, it's just a chill bit and have a sense of fun with it, right? There's loads of interesting meditations online and elsewhere that you can discover. And it might actually be quite interesting, quite exciting, right? And, um, and where your excitement draws you, um, intuition will kind of seep into that excitement and you'll be drawn to what's best maybe without even thinking about it. And a good example of um, a place I really like the meditations is there's a YouTube channel called well, Brian Scott, his YouTube channel, which is Brian Scott. Um, Basically, he's got loads of guided meditations. And some of them are like, they're really interesting. They're kind of fun. And now think about it. It was after doing a whole bunch of his meditations. Um, I guess, starting about a year ago, no, I was slightly over a year ago, actually, that I, that, that is what led to me eventually even starting this podcast. Now I think about it, I stopped doing it at one point because I, I, I made it these garden meditations. I, I developed the mentality of, I developed resistance to this idea that I should do it. And I realized that and I was like, okay, I won't do it because I'm forcing myself to. But as if I just treated it as something fun to explore, like, um, you might think, oh, you're not working, so it's a waste of time. Like, no, 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 no. If it's fun to explore this, and also you feel a sense of peace while doing it. That's like win-win. It's like... Okay, so you might have some pastime, I don't know, some TV show you really are watching, right? But you might have the slight sense of guilt when you watch it. And yeah, you needn't feel that guilt, but nevertheless, you might feel a slight sense of guilt or something when you do it, you feel like you're not working, whatever, right? And, but, you might get a feeling a bit like that when you, if you explore with a sense of excitement these guided meditations. And at the same time, you won't feel that guilt because you actually feel like it's for your health at the same time. So it's like a win-win. It's like, yeah, I, I really recommend it. And just that, it's like an adventure, like a child. And the symbol I would use in tarot to represent this is the ball, right? You gotta start somewhere and you might as well just jump into it and see what and see where it goes like you know he's got this stick and a you know satchel on the satchel on the stick he's got you know he's got his belongings on the stick and he's got this dog with him who's really excited and happy and he's walking off a cliff now don't take that as foreboding <laughs> it's just walking and going into the unknown and with a sense of excitement and that is exactly what we want to do it's the it's been described by some even i think who was it I'm not sure exactly who, but this idea of um, spiritually advanced or um, 
present people, you know, have often been described as having a sort of childlike aspect to them, where they're just not taking things seriously at all. And yet it's mature at the same time. Um, so yeah, yeah, just um, be lighthearted about it. See if you can, I don't know, recapture the spirit of your childhood again in your exploration or meditation, stuff like that. Um, you didn't they make it like this super serious thing that's a drag, but it's your duty to do it <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, and that is, um, that brings me to number five, which is live your life fully. Um, so, and to live your life, your life fully, you don't want to be taking life too seriously. That creates more resistance. And it certainly doesn't deal with your resistance that already exists. Um, you don't need to be a, an absolute Puritan monk who lives in the middle of nowhere. Although you can if you really want to, if you're ready for that. But I'm not going to say that's not the right calling for you. Like some people, they do that and it's there. It's the, for their dharma or their purpose in life. That, that, that is genuinely the best step for them. But because everyone's got their own path, right? Even though it's about the path, not about the destination. Remember that. And to live your life like fully, you need to be living for the living, not for anything other than that. If you're living for something other than your experience of living in the now, you're kind of undead. <laughs> in the sense of like, you're kind of numbing yourself, deadening yourself to the experience of living. And living is actually, you're, you are really astral in spiritual and a spirit in nature, uh, in a sense. This body isn't really you, although it's kind of like your clothing, I suppose, or whatever. It might be an expression of you in some sense, this incarnation. But basically, yeah, you're an eternal spirit. You never really die, but life in terms of incarnation is also an illusion. So... Maybe everything is undead eternally. Um, and that's the true nature of things, maybe. Uh, that's a sort of twist on the usual idea of it. <laughs> Live life fully by being undead. <laughs> yeah, you can quote me sort of saying that, yeah. Right, so not really, no, because wait, that, that's not. But at the same time, you're not really truly living. Oh, pardon me, I knocked the laptop there. You're not really truly living if you're like, oh, I've got to do this special meditative technique, or I've got to stop doing this thing that brings me joy because it's not spiritual, or oh, those people aren't spiritual. I shouldn't associate with that. Okay, I mean, if you really feel like you don't want to, sure. But like, and if someone feels toxic to your experience, if you generally if it feels like a drag or suffering to be around them, it could be a sign to do some inner work, but at the same time, yeah, 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 sure. You don't want to be around toxicity that drag you down. And the people you are around do influence your vibration, your frequency. But you don't want to separate yourself. You don't want the separation of being like, okay, my clique are these spiritual wise people who are so um, enlightened, but those those people, they don't understand. They're, they're so ignorant. Oh, look at them with their wine 
in the evening and there, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. Although watching EastEnders or something like some soap opera, like, oh, that, that's so not spiritual like me. How, how, oh, they mentioned politics or something, or they, I don't know, whatever it is, you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to associate with those guys, right? But that is itself a sort of separation. If you've got this idea that you want to have a purely spiritual tribe you associate with, that's actually not living your life fully because you're separating out from certain aspects of life and you're kind of enclosing walls around your experience. And if your attitude is like that, if that's your approach, well, you know, maybe when people talk about new age or spirituality or religion, like it's a cult, um, it's not necessarily accurate to say at all to say that it's always like that but it has happened like actual cults in spiritual new age have existed like actual new age cults have existed right that they, they have existed now the key characteristic is that they close themselves off from the rest of the world maybe there's this expectation that you should among others but if you have the expectation that you should it's like your own, your own cult leader and you're kind of restricting yourself based on that. And if lots of people have that expectation and then someone's charismatic about them, that's the whole basis upon which a cult even emerges. So you don't want to be restricting yourself and creating walls around your experience like that. Um, you can, yeah, I mean, hang out with those, socialize with people that you feel some sort of resonance with, but they don't have to be people who meditate all the time or do yoga or something, right? Um, yeah, go for walks in nature. You don't want to be in your room all the time. Um, <laughs> the last thing in the mind was watching spiritual videos, <laughs> which I really kind of, you know, on my own advice a bit, you know. But you don't, I, I'm sure you, that might be familiar to yourself as well in your experience of yourself, right? So you don't want to, like, cut yourself off that's why I've always said that, you know, take stuff off. But, you know, keep in mind that the energy of computers, there's something unalive, undead, alien to true experience, the true lived experience in the tech, in technology. That's not to say, oh, would this be Luddites who do away the technology? No, no, no. But um, technology is... We choose how we interact with such things and they can aid us or drag us back. And it's up to us as to what our interaction with reality is. Is it an alive one or a dead one? Because unless you count them as alive in a first density sort of sense, in a Shinto kind of sense, or even objects have spirits to them, I suppose that's true, it's true. But they're not really alive in the same sense as like, I don't know, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are just as alive as that. Maybe the whole thing is like, just like if you're on a trip or something, like everything's got eyes and it's like, hello, I'm the chair spirit. <laughs> I'm always watching you. <laughs> yeah, your computer chair right now, maybe it's like aware of you and the whole thing. Okay, but maybe that's just like, like don't rush yourself when it comes to this sort of thing. <laughs> um, 
take it one step at a time because some otherwise it might be overwhelming the spirituality so anyway walk with nature interact with animals i mean if you've got a pet i mean take the time to really appreciate them and don't just take them for granted i mean you're fortunate to have a pet if you have a pet um those your family now i mean they might be now, I'm not going to speak that obviously you might have toxic this is you know family and if someone's truly toxic for you I would not suggest hang out with more but what I will say is as a general rule of thumb to take with a pinch of salt take the time to appreciate and be grateful and spend valuable time with your close ones close ones right and it seems obvious but it's easy not to do that especially if you you get you're so fixated on these spiritual goals or whatever goals you have you, you can lose sight of what's really important in the now um yeah and like have something that you do that you enjoy some sort of hobby that you enjoy and you know that is really ideally something that brings joy to others as it brings joy to you i mean having great time with friends is kind of that that that's a giving you're giving to others as well as receiving right so but it could be it could be charity work it could be your interactions with people in the office now there's two ways of dealing with work in the office one might be oh my god uh, such, such a shit job oh my god oh my god i just gotta get out of the way so i can finally go home or whatever you know just like negative attitude about it another might be how can you liven up the experience of yourself and others around you in your work experience that's another approach now i i get that that might seem intimidating or hard because I, I totally get that because the idea of and a regular nine to five office job doing, I don't know, accounting or something. For me, that sounds kind of hellish. Uh, maybe if I, if I was present, maybe it wouldn't. And I'd be able to do that, fine. But um, the resistance in me is probably why it would be suffering. It needn't be, I suppose. But I'm aware that I haven't fully, it's not like I've mastered all my own advice. Anyway, so there's one more important thing. Don't take the idea of ascension too seriously. That's not to say give up on the idea or to abandon the idea that it's real or anything like that. Not to say, not abandoning the idea of being present I mean, for example, not being letting go of attachments to say alcohol or well anything you know like your possessions, letting go of attachment to that while living your life fully doesn't mean okay not letting go of the attachment of be towards being present or awakening or ascension doesn't mean also letting go doesn't let it, okay let me try again letting go of attachment to 
ascension or presence or spirituality ascension whatever you know letting go of attachment to that doesn't mean embracing attachment to all the stuff that you let go of like not being attached to all those things aids you and letting go of attachment to something to this to, to, to spiritual ascension you know that doesn't require diving into addiction and stuff and the possessions and a completely materialistic life it's not a binary choice right you don't need to go full-on nihilism or full-on taking spirituality seriously with time like there's, there's an in-between um and what i've heard said is that yeah what i've heard is this idea that the last stage before you actually ascend, so to speak, or go to a presence or your heart opens or whatever, however you put it, the last stage is when you let go of the idea of ever ascending. And I admit, I have to admit, I'm not even sure if I'm at that point yet. But I have the awareness that it is maybe the next step or certainly a key step. And yeah, live your life fully now. That's what it's, that's what living, that's what being here is all about. You're not here for the destination of ascension, really. You're here for the experience of being here. And that aids you in your growth spiritually, sure. But ultimately, what is your spiritual, okay. What is your spiritual experience? What is your spiritual growth? It's your eternal conscious life as a spirit, an eternal spirit, which is source, which is one with and is infinite source, the creator. You are the creator in that sense. Not in this like, as not in this like sort of arrogant idea of getting everything you want and screw everyone else because you're God. I mean, that's the service of self-worth. I mean, if you really want that, sure. But otherwise, it, it's actually this idea of, yeah, like you're living your experience. And yeah, you're in incarnation now, but you're actually living an eternal experience. And this happens to be a, you're, you've got a certain physical body vehicle. Um, you've even got certain energy certain energy body vehicle as well, which you work with um, different chakras and stuff. But fundamentally, you are spirit, right? And you are eternal. And you're, you're going to live your life fully all the time, right? We don't have to, but yeah, you can live your life fully all the time. And living in the moment in incarnation is actually the same as living the moment out of incarnation. Just live your eternal consciousness life fully. Or you could live in resistance and pain and suffering. I mean, does that. <laughs> but of course, it's, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if it's binary. It's more like, well, yeah, I mean, if you're in rugged terrain of resistance and pain and suffering, getting back to the path, the actual path of the way, right, it might, 
who knows, maybe there's a way to just do it like that. And you're there. Great. Fantastic. But, like, you might find that that's not happening. Why is that not happening? If you set the intention to be present completely all the time, hearts open, right, let's go, let's be present. Yeah, 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 let's go. But it's not happening. Well, you've got resistance, right? Part of you doesn't want to. Part of you is in some sort of mental bondage to yourself, to something else, to someone else, whatever. Um, the devil card in tarot is a very good symbol for this. And you do this to yourself free will right even if someone tricks you to do it you still do it right so basically you have absolute freedom to even you have so much freedom that you have the freedom to be a slave right even if you don't realize you're choosing that on some level and living in resistance is living in the bondage that you've self self-created bondage just think about it if you're all powerful if you're the creator you have the ability to live as a slave. You have the ability to, to experience not having the all power that you have, in a sense. Um, and that that's fine. It's all part of existence. Um, and it's okay if you're not present. And if you don't, if you try to be present and it doesn't happen, like I know the pain, <laughs> I do. Um, learn to be okay with where you're at now, regardless of what that is. I know that's easy to say, suppose you're in excruciating pain every moment of every day. You might be. The listener, you might actually be in that. And if you are, I sympathize. But, and you might be listening to me and be like, well, you're not in excruciating pain every day. Like, who are you to say, oh, just disaccept it all, right? But even though the idea of me even living up to it feels intimidating because I've got probably more in the work to do, um, I do know that. Well, with that story of the guy of the awful excruciating toothache that was just agony. And he was in the middle of the jungle, so he couldn't really get medical help about it um, in a monastery, right? So like, he gave up on... No, he didn't give up. No, no, that's the wrong phrase. He accepted the idea of being in that pain. He accepted the idea fully. Absolutely. Not just like, oh, I accept it, I accept it. No, like, truly, there being, being there, the rest of his life, just in that pain, truly accepted it and this is experiential it's not intellectual right and it's the sort of thing you don't know what the true acceptance of it is until you are truly accepting it and i don't know it i'm experienced it but i've read about it <laughs> trust me i read about it in a book it's true right but yeah um he was in bliss afterwards um and that's what it's actually about um, accept it everything acceptance is the key to love and the joy it brings true love I mean 
acceptance is actually a super like powerful emotion or step or right and, and i think it's often underestimated because people look about you know, they look at the big players are like oh yeah look at love let's love amazing oh yeah look at like the third eye and all these psychic abilities you can have right or look at the crown chakra it's like right at the top and it symbolizes all that is and it's like like the gateway to the beyond and connection to emerging with source and the rainbow body and oh yeah look at the root the root is really important right because we they have the root settled like you can have completely the rest all depends on the root and the root is at a fundamental like connection to all that is in a baseline kind of way right but like There's lots of things in spirituality in your life that you can view as important, but acceptance is often that goes on the radar. So, and fully accepting, I don't, I can't just say, okay, here's the key to fully accepting everything and bang, here you are, you're waiting. Feel it out. Um, maybe it's spoiling it if you just got all the answers on a plate and then it was done for you. Um, you're here for a reason and you're here to do it yourself. You're not here to be saved. Um, you, you're here to learn the fish. You're not, how to, you're not here to be given the fish. Uh, so anyway, um, I went on longer than intended, but it's meant to be. And um, have a lovely day or evening and bye for now.